I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I've been talking to you about God's sovereignty, particularly on evil. God is sovereign over evil. He said, I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. You cannot have evil, evil, without having good. And you can't have good without having evil. You have to have an opposite to even define a word. You have to have down in order to have up. You cannot have, you can't have a top of a building without having a bottom of it. You cannot have sweet without having sour or bitter. You, you have to have the opposite to define the word that is sweet. So what would sweet be called without sour or bitter? It would have no definition. You'd call it, uh, you, oh, that tastes good. Or what does it taste like? Oh, uh, there's no such word as sweet without bitter or sour. So in order to have mercy, you have to have God's wrath. There are vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. The vessels of mercy which God hath before prepared to glory. So all of this is true. You have to have evil to have good. So God has to create his own wrath. He has to create evil in order to have good. That's the way it works. Besides that, he said he did. I've been going through the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is one of the most interesting characters that I have ever read after. He had to be one of the bravest men of the Old Testament. He was the prophet that was, he was preaching and going all over Israel and telling Israel everything that God was going to do to him. He's going to destroy you. He's going to bring Nebuchadnezzar in. All for one reason. It was one reason that God was doing it. That's because when when Moses brought the children of Israel out of bondage, they were in bondage for 400 years. Bondage 400 years. And when he brought them out, he said, Now Moses, he took Moses up on Mount Sinai. I'm giving you the law. Here is my law. And you tell Israel that if they go after any other gods when they come into the nation, when they come into the nation, that I will send four judgments. I'll send the sword, the famine, the pestilence. I'll do that over and over and over. And you'll see that Jeremiah speaks of the sword, the famine, the pestilence more than any other writer in the Old Testament, along with Ezekiel. Ezekiel says a lot about it. But nobody spoke of it like Jeremiah. And when they go into the land, he says, don't go after other gods. They go after Baal and Grove, Shemosh. Where did they get Shemosh from? Shemosh was the chief sun god of what they call Moab in the ancient world. That was right next door to Israel. That's what we call Jordan 
or that would be southern Jordan. And they were after the gods of Ammon, which is northern Jordan. And the northern Jordan gods was Molech or Moloch, which are variations of the same word, or Milcom or Malcolm. They were all the gods of the Ammonites, which is what we call Jordan. That's right next door. It was real easy for Israel to get polluted with it. And they were going after the Rimmon, the god of Syria. Rimmon. Syria was right up here. And they were going after the gods of what we call Lebanon. And they called that Tyre and Sidon. And the man that brought that into Israel was Ahab. When he saw Jezebel at some party one night, his chief palace was up here at Carmel, Mount Carmel. And at some party one night, Jezebel was, her father was Ethbel, the prince of, he was a prince of Tyre. Tyre and Sidon, they mean the same thing. They're two different cities, but they had adopted Baal and the Grove from Babylon over here on the Euphrates River. That's just about, that's just about a hundred miles from the Persian Gulf. Babylon's here and it splits off uh, into the uh, river. This is Euphrates here and this is the Tigris here and, and Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia, means between the rivers that was that's iraq today so iraq is ancient mesopotamia or between the two rivers of euphrates and the tigris so it had finally bled over here to tyre and sidon this was baal in the grove over here baal was the sun god the grove was the tree goddess and in every one of the every one of the the uh, systems of the world, every one of the nations of the world, the <clears throat> in every nation, you had a form of the sun and tree god. How do you know that? Well, the Bible says in Revelation 17 and 5 that Babylon mothered all idolatry. And all idolatry was founded in Genesis 11 4. Say, Jim, you said that before. That's right. I want you to get a hold of the fact. These are the two of the most important verses in the Bible. They said, let us make us a name will be our doctrine. Let us make us a name. And just stop and think. What they're saying, the word name is Shem. It means authority. They're, what they said is Shem was our ruler. But we don't like him telling us that. It was second born of Noah. God said, blessed be the Lord God of Shem. And he didn't say that about Ham or Japheth. Japheth was the eldest. And Ham was the youngest. Noah saw what his younger son had done when he looked upon his nakedness and Japheth will dwell in the tents of Shem. He's the firstborn, the eldest. That's what the 10th chapter of Genesis tells us. Well, the reason God 
scattered, God brought the fourth judgment, the beast. The reason he brought it, and Jeremiah is saying that all through his book, God's going to bring Babylon in, and that's going to be led by Nebuchadnezzar. And then when Babylon is overthrown in in 538, 539 B.C., by, by Persia. Persia is the same thing as here's this is Iraq or Babylon, and right up here is what's called Persia, or it's called Iran today. Iran and Pakistan and Afghanistan, and all of the stands are part of ancient Persia. That's really amazing because they are aligned with Russia now, and back then the kings were were Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, and they seemed to be close to being believers. I'm not going to say they were, but they acted like it. And then, of course, uh, Persia finally attacks Babylon and overthrows them. But the point is, the religion of Babylon came up here to Tyre and Sidon. Well, Ahab was king of northern Israel. Northern Israel was called Samaria. Samaria. And he marries Jezebel, brings her down, and she brings Bel in the grove with her. And Ahab builds builds uh, temples for Baal in the grove. That that happened in First Kings, the sixteenth chapter. Then the seventeenth chapter, Elijah comes out of the woodwork. We don't we don't know exactly what he was. We know he's a Tishbite, a Tishbite. The prophet can be from anywhere. God calls Elijah to tell Ahab, there'll be no rain for three and a half years. That's one of the judgments was famine. And God killed Israel by the hundreds of thousands in that three and a half year, no rain. And that would fulfill one of the judgments of God, famine. Well, when they kept going after these gods for 500 in 10 years, at least 510, somewhere along that line. The God got his fill. This is a long story. This is a story of Israel. Israel was Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel in Genesis 32nd chapter. 32nd chapter. Well, all these prophets are prophesying against Israel for their, their going after all of these gods. God had warned them. He said, he said, Moses, you tell Israel there was a, he said, you tell Israel they go after these gods. I'll send the sword, the famine, the pestilence constantly over and over and over. I'll have no rain. I'll have too much rain. I'll have disease, all kinds of illness. I'll have a sword. That'll be where Israel will be attacked until finally I'm filled up with Israel and I'll send the beast. Babylon, Persia. Greece and Rome. Babylon came in and carried northern Israel away in 722 B.C. Southern Judah was carried away in 586 B.C. But before they were carried away, the prophets prophesied against Israel one one prophet after another, and they were constantly killed. 
killed. The last prophet to prophesy against Israel for this, that these gods they were going after were the same thing that Constantine brought in the church and renamed the Christ Mass in 325 A.D. There was no other gods other than what came out of Babylon which mothered all idolatry. So Babylon mothered all idol worship. That's the same system that Israel went after called Baal in the Grove or Shemash or Molech or all those gods they went after, all the gods of Egypt they went after. The Bible says they did. Egypt. They went after all these gods. So God takes the beasts and scatters them. The last man in Israel that was prophesying when Nebuchadnezzar came in and slaughtered Israel in 586, the last major prophet was Jeremiah. He was there. When Nebuchadnezzar entered the gates of Jerusalem, he had beat up Israel with his preaching for 40 years. They were so mad at him. All the kings wanted to kill him. Jehoiakim wanted to kill him. Jehoiakim wanted to kill him. Uh, Zedekiah wanted to kill him. Zedekiah wasn't much wanting to kill him. He just told the princes of Israel, you can hang him in the mire. They hated Jeremiah. He wasn't a good Christian, a sleazy kind, slushy kind of guy. He was hard-nosed. He wasn't going to put up with them. I want to talk to you about Jeremiah tonight. I've hit, I've hit the book on Jeremiah. I'm talking about how God creates evil. God creates evil, and this would be number. 15. It'd be the 15th, the 15th message I've done on God creating evil. And we went through the other day all the things that, that Jeremiah said about not everything. You'd have to read the whole book to understand how much he said. Jeremiah was hated. They hung him in the mire. The princes of Israel came to Zedekiah and said, Can we kill this guy? He is disheartening the people and he's making us feel miserable, telling us Nebuchadnezzar's come over here and going to destroy us. That's exactly what's going to happen. If anybody, if I identify with anybody in the Bible, it's Jeremiah. He didn't have many friends. I don't have many friends except y'all here. My family's not my friends. My sister doesn't want I, what, I, what I teach. She and I were real close growing up, or real close when we grew up. She doesn't want to hear this. It breaks my heart that she doesn't. My younger brother is, is an ignoramus. He's a full-blown, charismatic, tongue-speaking, faith-hating. I'm not going to have anything to do with him. I don't ever want to see him again. I have preached to him, told him repent. He does nothing but hurt everybody he comes in contact with. Don't want anything. I'm, I'll tell my family, I'm not the Jimmy you used to know. God dealt with me, put me in a hospital, I nearly died, gave me two heart attacks, one heart surgery, and a cancer surgery, and a stroke. I've had all these things, and God has got my attention. Maybe He doesn't have yours yet, but He has mine. If I say something to you, something I care about you, 
but I'm not going to mush around and say easy, good words and fair speech. It's not going to do that. My family needs to repent. All I've got is my brother and sister left. My older brother's dead. My mother and father gone. I'd like to be able to tell them these truths. Now, I'm going to give you some high points about Jeremiah. Let me erase this. He's the guy that's preaching to him for 40 years saying, Nebuchadnezzar's coming. He's going to destroy the temple. He's going to destroy the city. He's going to burn it to the ground. Jeremiah got all these words from God. It ain't no wonder they were just enraged at him. They were saying, we want to kill him. Now, I've got some points on Jeremiah. I, I should have known I would have got stuck on this book when I started. Because I love this man. He's a man after my own heart. I feel like a modern day Jeremiah. I don't believe I'm a preacher of conversion. I believe I'm a preacher of judgment. We are preaching to the world. We're all over the world now uh, on the Internet. And uh, I'm just going to give you some high points. I'm not going to get through all of them because it will take me a long time to get through it. The first high point I'm going to give to you, let's look at Jeremiah. In verse 1 of Jeremiah 1, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, the of the priest. He was, a, he was a descendant of Hilkiah, the priest. So Jeremiah would have been a priest of God. He would have been descendant of Aaron. You had to be a descendant of Aaron to be a priest. He was a priest. Uh, that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. Benjamin is right above. See Benjamin over there? Benjamin is right above Judah. I've already talked to you about it. There's Benjamin right there. And notice that Jerusalem is in Benjamin. It's not in Judah. The king will come out of Judah, but the temple is in Jerusalem. And Benjamin and Judah was called southern Israel. Well, what in the world? I'm knocking things down. Uh, They were... Benjamin and Judah were southern Israel. Northern Israel was the ten tribes that were lost tribes. Now, so let me give you some of these things, these high points of Jeremiah. Then he says, down here in verse, I want you to notice something. He says in verse 4, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, we're going to have to establish who the word of the Lord is, aren't we? Huh? The Bible says that in Jeremiah. I didn't even count all the times. I didn't get to all of them. It says it in 10-1, 11-1, 13-1, 14-1, 15-1, 16-1, 17-1, 18-1, 19-1, 20-1, 21-1, 22-1, 23-1, 24-1, 25-1, 26-1, 27-1, 28-1, 29-1, 30-1, 
the word of the Lord came into me saying, he says the same thing over and over again in the book of Ezekiel. So if the word came saying, who was the word? We look here in John 1. John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the word. That's what it says. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, look, let's keep reading it. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, the Word. Let's keep reading it. All things were made by the Word as a Him. And without Him, the Word was not anything made that was made. The Bible says all through the Scripture that Jesus made all things. He says that in Revelation I just sometimes I just take off. I'm not going to stay on this rabbit trail very long because I've got too many things to say about Jeremiah. In Revelation 4, Revelation 4, the last verse says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, and Thou hast created all things... And for thy pleasure they are and were created. And it's talking about the one that's sitting on the throne, which is Jesus here. And in Colossians, the first chapter, he was before all things, and by him all things consist. Talking about Jesus. So the Word is the creator of everything. There's a verse over in in Isaiah. The I'll just give it to you real quick. Isaiah 54, I believe it is, 54, where the Bible says, verse 5, this is 54, verse 5, For thy maker, he's talking to Israel, for thy maker is thine husband, The husband of the church is Jesus. The husband of Israel is Jesus. And the Lord of hosts is his name. And thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Remember in Acts, the third chapter, where where Peter is preaching, he says, you denied the Holy One and the just. You killed him. So what the Holy One is, is Jesus. The God of the whole earth shall he be called. That's 54 and 5. Now let's get back over here. So the Word is Christ. We know that the God of the Old Testament is Jesus. Let's prove that real quick. Go back to John 8. John 8. John 8. In the last few verses, Jesus says in verse 56, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Pharisees looked at Jesus and said, You're not even 50 years old. You've seen Abraham. And Jesus said, Before Abraham was, I am. When he said that, they took up stones to stone him because he was calling himself the God of the Old Testament. 
when the Lord told Moses, you go down to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my son go, Israel's my son, even my firstborn. He said, but what if the people in Israel, that are the, the people that are held in bondage in Israel, what if they say, what is his name? He said, you tell them, I am hath sent me. And when Jesus, in the 18th chapter of Genesis, when Abraham was sitting there and three men are coming up to him, and the middle man, he bows down to him and worships him, no angel would accept the worship of a man. They never did. In fact, in in uh, in Joshua, the, the fifth chapter, when the angel appeared to Joshua, it had to be Jesus because he bowed down to him and and only a God would accept that adoration in the 22nd chapter of Revelation. When John tried to bow to the angel who was giving him the message, the angel said, don't do that. You stand up on your feet. I'm a man just like you. So when Abraham bowed to the middle angel, which had to be Christ, that's what he was referring to. And he said, he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it. He's talking about the 18th chapter of Genesis when he bowed to that middle one. Now, let's get back to Jeremiah. Get back to these high points of Jeremiah. The next point I want to bring out is verse 5, where he said, When I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. The word knew is the word yadah. It means to have a relationship with and he's, the word formed is the word Yatsar. It's the same word as potter, Yatsar. It means a potter. He said, I know your mother and father think they formed you in the womb. And I'm not just talking about your physical body. I'm talking about what you're going to be. I was there in the beginning with you. When I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you, kadosh. I made you holy. Sanctified, Q-A-D-A-S-H. It means to set you apart. I sanctified you before you were born and ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. Now the next verse I want to give you. When he calls Jeremiah, he says, I just, he said, I speak as a child. He said the same things that Moses said. Moses said, what do you mean go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh? I'm a man with a, with a, I'm tongue tied. I'm, I don't, can't speak correctly. God said, I gave you the tongue. You'll tell them what I said. Besides that, if you can't talk, your prophet will be your older brother Aaron. He'll talk for you. And uh, he said, I've got a thick tongue. I can't speak. Then he says in verse 8, Be not afraid of their faces. When you go, I want you to go to the temple, stand in front of the gate of the temple, in front of Solomon's porch. We don't know what it looked like. You stand in front of there, and as all the priests go in, tell them Nebuchadnezzar's coming, and he's going to destroy this temple and bring it to the ground. And this city of Jerusalem, he's going to destroy that, and he's going to burn all this to the ground. How discouraging do you think that was? 
if you hear some guy say that for 40 years and he's in every street, he's going up and down the streets telling the people, you're going to die if you don't go to Babylon, serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. If you try to run off to Egypt, God will have you chased down and you'll die. Jeremiah's talking to these people for 40 years this way from 626 B.C. Until 586 B.C., that's 40 years, that he preached to these people night and day. Well, you talk about he didn't have hardly any friends. He had an Ethiopian eunuch named Ebed-Melech, and he had a stenographer, Baruch, who wrote down all of his words. Now, he says, Be not afraid of their faces. The word face, poneh, means surface. It comes from the word panim. Panim means to respect the surface. It has the same idea when the Lord said in James, the second chapter, be not, he says, don't have respect of persons when you believe me. Respect is the word, respect persons is the word pros, apo, Prosopoleptio, and it means it comes from pros. This is the Greek word, respect persons, pros, ops, and lambano. It means to, lambano means to take hold Of the face, the ops, we get a word optical, it means the surface, the surface, take hold of the surface and move toward the surface and take hold of that. It means to look at the exterior. It's the same thing that Samuel said, look not at the, or God said to Samuel, look not at the outward appearance, but look at the heart. That's all that matters. Jeremiah had the right heart. Now, I'm going to give you some of these high points. Notice in verse 15 of this chapter, God says, look at verse 14 and 15. Then the Lord said unto me, to, to Jeremiah, out of the north an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of this land. God says all through Jeremiah, I'm going to bring these people out of the north. It'll be Babylon. And I'm going to bring them upon Israel to destroy Israel. Most people, when they read Jeremiah, they don't know. Jeremiah's not talking to anybody except Israel in this book. Because of going after these other gods. You say, I don't go after other gods. Are you covetous? Covetous man is an idolater. is an idol worshiper. Covetous, pleonectes, means to want more. You want more any way you can get it. Pleonectes, covetous, means to want more. And then he says in verse 15, Lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord, and they shall come. I will bring Babylon in. I keep saying they say the north because. I'll read a a place here where it'll say Babylon will come from the east. 
when you look at Babylon, Babylon is east of Israel. But Babylon has to come from the north because east of Israel is the Saudi is Arabian Desert. So anytime the Bible says Nebuchadnezzar will come from the east, let me get over there and find it. I'll get it in a minute. All right. Right there it is. Here's the Arabian Desert right here. That's east of Israel. Babylon won't it come from the east. Babylon is on the Euphrates River. That's east of Israel. But they have to come up north of Israel and come down through the north section of Israel to come in and attack Israel. So it'll say that Babylon comes from the east. It'll actually say... Babylon is an east wind. Now that's very interesting. An east wind. And then the Bible will tell us again. The Bible will tell us again that 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 the locusts that came into Israel for famine, they had to come from by, they were blown into Israel by an east wind. And Nebuchadnezzar is called an east wind. He's over here. And locusts, they're like scorpions. That's the noun, as K O R P I O S. That's the word scorpion, and the verb form is scorpizo, C-O-R-P-I-Z-O. And that means to scatter abroad, and that's what Israel did to, that means to scatter. That's the verb form of scorpion, and scorpions are false teachers according to John. The 10th chapter, the the parable of the good shepherd, Jesus said that the hireling, the man that preaches for money, will not care for the sheep. He'll allow the wolf to come in and scatter the flock. And wolves are false teachers and scatters the bird form of scorpion. And he says, he told Ezekiel, you dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words. And that's when he was being held bondage in, in Babylon. Ezekiel was in Babylon then. In Babylon. Now, let me continue here. I want to give you some of these points. I'll call from the north all families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord, and they shall come because I call them in there. And then I'll, I'm just kind of pointing out some. And he says in verse 16, I will utter my judgments against Israel, touching their wickedness for all these gods that they went after, which was the same thing as Christmas. Christ Mass. I keep saying this. When Constantine in 325, actually in 312, 312 A.D., he ascended the, he was became the emperor around 305 A.D. after Jesus' death. He became emperor, and all the emperors for about 200 years, they, they were real concerned 
they had two problems the christians would not die they kept they kept putting them to death and they kept multiplying at a breakneck rate and he was concerned about the christians so he wanted to put them all under leadership of the roman empire which governed all of the mediterranean and he was also concerned about these pagan huns and vandals and visigoths and goths and burgundians and and all of these people coming from all over the world down here to the this was considered the civilized world and they were coming from the far east and he was afraid they were going to attack rome and sack rome so he said i will bring all these pagans into rome and i'll take all the christians out here in the world tell them all they could come into the roman church and that's when he issued the Edict of Toleration in 312 A.D. That is everything that the Roman Catholic Church was built upon. And Christmas is Christ Mass. It's Roman Catholicism. Whether anybody likes that or not, that's what it is. So, he issues the Edict of Toleration, or the Edict of Milan is what they called it. And that we'll tolerate all these pagans and their gods. We'll bring their gods into the church. It'll be fire gods and tree goddesses, and which is represented by the moon or the moon worship. And that's why all those people over there worship the crescent moon. You'll find that on the Turkish flag. You'll find it on the fezes of the Shriners. And it goes on and on. So when he brought Christmas into the church, he brought the Feast of Saturn or the Saturnalia in the church. I know I've said this over and over again. We're talking about Jeremiah's preaching to Israel for doing this. But he's not the only one. Ezekiel preached to Israel. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nam, They all preached to Israel for doing this. Any preachers that don't understand, you guys have never read the Old Testament. You haven't studied it for sure. Now, let me go to the next thing. When you go to 2 and 30, chapter 2 of, let me use my other Bible here. i got two Bibles. Got one of them marked up and one of them got all kinds of markings in it. 2 and 30. I just want to show you, it's going to take me some time getting through the book of Jeremiah, all of its high points. 2 and 30. He says in 2 and 30, In vain I have smitten your children, Israel. They received no correction. That's why he sends the beast, because he had sent the sword, famine, pestilence already over and over again. You can see that when you read the books of the kings. Your own sword hath devoured your prophets like a destroying lion. I could keep on reading, but I'm not going to do that. I just don't have time to do that and get all these notes in the message. These are not the only high points. They're just some I picked out. Now, when you get over here to 3, Jeremiah 3, this is where God says to Israel, starting in verse 11, what He says here in verse 8, I saw when... For all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery. He calls worshiping other gods adultery, and he calls their gods their lovers. You're gonna, I'm gonna say this over and over again, and you're gonna see that he's saying that. And he says backsliding Israel committed adultery by going after these other gods, which is the same thing as Christmas. 
and had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Now, God has divorced Israel. Now, all these Baptists say, if you're a divorced man, you can't preach. Well, would you let Jesus preach in your church? Because he divorced northern Israel. Then he divorced southern Judah. And he's married to the New Testament church, the wife, the bride of Christ. Now, let me continue reading. Her treacherous sister Judah feared not and went and played the harlot also. That's when that's when Jezebel had married Ahab and they had a daughter named Athaliah. And that's when Jehoshaphat was running around with Ahab and somehow their son, the Jehoshaphat's son, Jehoram sees Athaliah, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, at some party one night. Says, man, she's hot. I want her. He marries her, and she brings her gods down into southern Judah. Good grief, you preachers. What's wrong with you? And then he goes on to say, And it came to pass through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land. This is not talking about literal whoredom. It's not talking about literal adultery. It's talking about spiritual. It's kind of like James 4 and 4 says, You adulterers and adulteresses know you're not. That friendship with the world is enmity against God. If you're friends with the world, that's adultery. And if you're friends with the world, you're an enemy of God. Did they defile the land and commit adultery with stones and with stocks? The word stocks is the word E-T-E-S. It's the same word as tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. Etes. With trees, you commit adultery with the tree goddesses. And then he goes on to say, And yet for all this, for a treacherous sister Judah hath not turned unto me with her whole, with her whole heart, but finally saith the Lord, and the Lord said unto me, The backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. And I could read on down through here. He says in verse 14, Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I'm divorcing you. You preachers don't know nothing about divorce. Then, he says in 4 and 6. 4 and 6. Set up the standard toward Zion. Zion is where Jerusalem sits. That's the mountain. Retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north. See, he says, I'm bringing the evil nations from the north that he spoke about in the first chapter. I'm bringing it. You say, God won't create evil. Whoever says that is ignorant. You never read the book of Jeremiah for sure. And a great destruction. Now, I'm going to give you these high points. Then 5 and 2. 5, 2, and 14. 5 and 2. He's saying, when he comes... Let's read 1 and 2. Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. Run for your life. Nebuchadnezzar's on the way. I don't even know anybody that he must understand this about Jeremiah. He was the last man to walk through the streets and say, Judgment is coming. I keep telling America that 
on the TV and on the radio. And people say, you're just mad, Jim Brown. I am angry like Jeremiah was that the preachers don't believe God. You don't believe Christmas is pagan. This is what Jeremiah is talking about. I'm not going to beat around the bush. If if John MacArthur don't want to... He knows that Christmas is pagan. He said so. John really bothers me because I've thought for years he really wanted all the truth, but he doesn't. He's got Christmas and Easter and all the rest of it. And see how, and know and seek the broad places thereof, if you can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment. Look all over the town of Jerusalem. See if you can find a man that tells the truth. Look all over America. How many preachers really want all the truth and nothing but the truth? And will part, not pardon it. And I will pardon him. And though they say, the Lord liveth, they swear falsely. The Lord liveth, and we as Baptist preachers believe God. No, you don't. You do in Christmas. You don't believe in predestination. The Baptists used to believe that Christmas was pagan. They used to believe in predestination, the sovereignty of God, that God creates evil, that God does everything. Now, look in verse 14. Verse 14. I'm just picking some words out of here. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in thy mouth fire. How many times have I quoted that? The fire of God will come from the mouth of the prophets. That's the the fire that's set up on each of them in Acts 2. Doesn't mean a flame, a little tongue of fire on top of their heads. It means it's set upon them to tell the truth out of their mouth. When you see fire coming out of the mouth of the two witnesses, it doesn't mean a flamethrower. It's talking about, there in Revelation 11, it's talking about the Word of God coming out of the mouth of the church, which is the two witnesses, the two olive trees that represent God in the earth, which is the priest and king, and he's made us priest and king. I will make my words in thy mouth, Jeremiah, fire, and this people of Israel will be wood, and this fire in your mouth will just devour these people. And they'll be devoured when they're carried away. There'll be millions of people lying dead in the streets of Israel because they went after Christmas under another name. I can't believe preachers don't even understand this. Look in 6 and 1. Ye children of Benjamin. You can see Benjamin up there right above Judah. You children of Benjamin, gather yourselves. Why Benjamin? Because that's southern Judah. God just uses Benjamin. He didn't say Benjamin and Judah. Southern Israel was made of two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. They simply named the southern kingdom after Judah because out of Judah would come the king. Gather yourselves to flee out of the midst of Jerusalem. It's coming down. God's going to have it burned to the ground by Nebuchadnezzar, and he does. And blow the trumpet in Tekoa, and set up a sign of fire in Bethhacharim, for evil appeareth out of the north, and great destruction, and I'm going to bring it. He says that over and over. 
I wish I could just read all this. I don't have time. Let me read verse 6. This is good. For thus hath the Lord of hosts said, Hew ye down trees. He's talking to Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. Hew down trees and cast them out against Jerusalem for their sin. For the princes, for the heads of the tribes, for the priests, for the kings, because of what they've done. This is the city. This is the city to be visited. Visited means God's going to visit them with destruction. She is holy oppression in the midst of her. He says, I'm going to make you desolate in verse 8. Now, let's go to 7. 7 and 16 says something very interesting. Jeremiah, don't pray for these people. I'm not going to listen to your prayer. Therefore, pray not for for this people, Israel. I'm having an attack by Belsha, by Nebuchadnezzar. I'm having, I'm putting in Nebuchadnezzar's heart, just like he put it in Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes' heart, to have after Nebuchadnezzar destroyed it, years later, he puts it in these Persian kings' heart to send Israel back to rebuild their, their temple and their city that Nebuchadnezzar pulled down and burnt to the ground. All because they went after Christmas. They didn't call it that then. But that's what it was. It was the implementation of tree and sun worship. Then he says, Pray not for thou for this people, neither lift up crying or prayer for them, neither make intercession to me. For I will not hear you, Jeremiah. Don't pray for them. You're just a preacher of judgment to tell them what's coming. That's what I believe I am. Seest thou not what they do in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood and the fathers kindle the fire and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven. Queen of heaven was a Roman Catholic term for the Mary of Roman Catholicism and she wasn't the Mary of the Bible. She was said to intercede for people when they prayed to her. You can't pray to Mary. They say that she was immaculately conceived because she never had any sin. She said she had sin. She said, my soul doth rejoice in God my Savior that's in my womb. If she needed a Savior, she was a sinner. They say she was a perennial virgin. That is so dumb. In Mark, the fifth chapter, when Jesus is preaching among his family, the Bible says they didn't believe him. And these were his brothers and sisters. He wouldn't call them his brothers and sisters if they were unbelievers because he said, my brothers and sisters are those who do the will of the Father. They make cakes to the Queen of Heaven and pour drink offerings to other gods, Molech and Shemash and Baal and the Grove and Rimmon and all those gods of Egypt. They were worshiping all of them. Why do you think God has Jeremiah saying these things? 
Let me now let me take you to that was seven and look at seven and sixteen. Oh, I read that. <coughs> seven and sixteen. Pray not for this people. Then he says in nine and sixteen. Let me just I'm reading some high points. Nine and sixteen. Now here's when you read this you won't understand it unless you know what has been prophesied is going to happen. Look at fifteen and sixteen. We look for peace. But no no good came. For a time of health, and behold, all was trouble in Jerusalem. This is chapter 8, verse 15, 16. The snorting of the horses we heard from Dan. Dan is the furthest city north in Israel. From Dan, that's where the horses of Babylon are going to come because they're going to go around the Arabian Desert and come in from the north and into Dan. It's talking about the snorting of the horses that are pulling the chariots. It's just astounding. The whole land trembled at the sound of the neighing of the strong ones, the big horses pulling the chariots. You say, is that the only time they're mentioned? Oh, no, they're mentioned constantly. When you go to Ezekiel, the first chapter, when it speaks of the horses snorting and breathing, it's the same thing as when the Bible speaks of whirlwinds. Whirlwinds were like the chariots coming, they would spin in the dust and call whirlwinds. In fact, in Ezekiel, the first chapter, all these guys are talking about the destruction of Israel because they went after the same thing that Constantine brought in the church and and renamed the Christ Mass. It's Roman Catholicism. It evolved out of this right here. And he says here in the first chapter of Ezekiel, in verse 4, I looked and behold a whirlwind came out of the north. Chariots are coming out of the north to destroy Israel. Goodness gracious. And came out of the north a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself and brightness was about it and out of the middle of the whirlwind. Out of the middle of the whirlwind was the color of amber. Amber is yellow. And those chariots that came as whirlwinds out of the north with the great horses snorting and they headed toward Israel. How would you like to be in the path of that? And you had no defense. And these wheels had scythes on them. And when they were gleaming in the sun, they had, they had the color of fire. That's what, that's what the Bible says. Fire is always the color of yellow. And they were gleaming in the light. And out of the midst of these wheels, with the horses in front of them, was fire. It was a reality to those people. And look over here in Isaiah 2 and 28. Isaiah 2. Isaiah 2 and 28. 
2 and 20, no, not 2 and 28, excuse me. No, 5 and 28, excuse me. 5 and 28, 28, the Bible says, it's talking about, Isaiah is talking about how the Assyrians are going to come in and destroy northern Israel for them bringing Baal and the grove in by the hand of Ahab. And verse 26, And he will lift up an ensign to the nations from afar and will hiss, it means to make fun of, Sharak, loud whistles and making fun of Israel unto them from the end of the earth. And behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. Talking about the chariots. None shall be weary nor stumble among them. None shall slumber nor sleep. Neither shall the girdle of their loins be loosed, nor the latchet of their shoes be broken, whose arrows are sharp. Talking about the Babylonians coming, or the Assyrians coming. And all their bows bent, and their hooves, their horses' hooves shall be counted like flint, and their wheels like the whirlwind. Talking about chariots coming in to charge Israel. And then he says, then he says here in in uh, Jeremiah 4 and 13. Jeremiah 4. 4 and 13. Four and thirteen. Speaking of Jeremiah's talking here, and he's talking about Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar coming. Behold, he shall come up as clouds, and his chariot shall be as a whirlwind. Anytime you see whirlwinds, remember when when uh, Jehu was going up to kill uh, Jezebel at Mount Carmel. She was up on that parapet looking down it was a balcony looking out she sees Jeremiah coming says or sees a, a Jehu coming says he drives furiously like a whirlwind he was in a chariot he's going to kill her you think you could stand in front of these chariots that had these scythes on the side they were they were scythes like a man would go out and cut down a weed and they would literally just slaughter people, cut them into pieces. God says, that's what I'll do to Israel for going after these sun and tree gods. I have to spend time on Jeremiah. Now, what verse was I in in Jeremiah? I need to get back to there. 13. 13. Well, I'm not talking about that part. I'm talking where I was originally in Jeremiah. Chapter 9, verse 16. 9 and 16. What I'm doing is just going through and let you see. 9 and 16. I will scatter Israel also among the heathen. That's the beast. That's bad. That's Nebuchadnezzar's on the way. Also among the heathen whom neither they nor their fathers have known, I will send a sword after Israel till I have consumed them. What amazes me, most people don't even think about the captivity of Israel. 
They were made captive when Nebuchadnezzar come in in 586 B.C. And they did not become a nation again until May 14th. 1948. That's when they became a nation. They didn't get Jerusalem back until the Six Day War of '67. The Six Day War went from May went from June 5th to June 10th, and that's when they drove the Jordanians out and took possession of Jerusalem for the first time since 586 BC. They never had control of it. For 200 years after Christ died on the cross, no Jews were allowed into the precincts of Jerusalem. All this Middle Eastern problem, this is prophecy coming about. I don't know any preachers even understand it. If you don't understand Old Testament, you don't understand Jeremiah, you don't understand that Christmas is pagan, you don't understand these things. I have spent my life in the Old Testament. Then he says in chapter 10, Jeremiah, Hear ye the word of the Lord, Jeremiah, speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen. You want to say that you don't think Christmas is pagan, but you, you know that it comes out of the feast of Saturn. That is the way of the heathen. That's the broad way that leads to destruction. The word way is the word direct. And when they translated the Septuagint, LXX, in 200 B.C., they translated the word direct, hados, H-O-D-O-S. That's the narrow way. And there's a broad way that the pagans practice, and that leads to destruction, and many of there be that go in there at I don't know how long it'll take me to get through these high points. All we've gotten to is learn not the way of the heathen. Let's read this. God didn't tell Israel, usually, he didn't say it here, don't serve their gods. He said, don't find out how they serve their gods. He said that over there in Deuteronomy, the 12th chapter. When you come into the land... Don't ask those pagans, how did you serve your son and tree gods? He said, don't even ask them how. I don't you finding out how they did it by keeping December the 25th as the birthday of the unconquerable son and setting up statues and Christmas trees. The tree goddess was Venus in the ancient world. She was only worshipped in the form of a cone. She was never worshipped in human form. That cone, I've got many variables, things that will verify this. That cone was the pubic triangle because this was sex worship. It was about fertility. And our God is the fertility God. He said, I'll give you plenty of crops. I'll fill up your basket and your store, but you've got to obey my word. When Israel wasn't doing that, they're going after other gods, which is the same thing as Christ Mass. Don't you guys get it out there? What's wrong with you? 
If people spent time in the Old Testament, they'd find this out. Now, let me read the rest of this. Learn not the way of the heathen. He didn't say go, don't go after their gods. He said just don't learn their way. He says, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them, for the customs of the people are vain. The customs, the cock, C-H-O-Q, it means the rituals that they perform at the Christ Mass season. He's not talking about don't serve their gods. He says don't do their customs. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workman with the axe. This is verse 3 of chapter 10. I've read this hundreds of times. They deck it with silver and with gold. We put the same thing on a Christmas tree, gold garlands, surrounding it, sitting on a platform. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers and put it on a platform because it doesn't move. It moveth not. And he says in verse 8, speaking of the tree gods, they are altogether brutish, they're stupid and foolish, casal, they're evil and wicked and stupid. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. The word stock is the word E-T-E-S, same word as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree. It's the same word as tree. The doctrine of the stock of the the stock is a doctrine of vanities, hebel, worthless vanities, hebel, worthless. The the customs of the heathen are worth nothing. Well, we're serving Jesus. No, you're not. You're serving yourself at that time of the year. Now, look at eleven. I'm just going through parts of 11. Let me get back over here to 11. Jeremiah 11, 6. Start reading verse 6. 11 and 6. Then the Lord said unto me and to Jeremiah, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah, that is, southern Israel. Northern Israel has already been destroyed and carried off to Assyria. This is the end of Israel as a nation in the Old Testament. And in the streets of Jerusalem saying, Hear ye the words of the covenant and do them. Stop going after these other gods. You say, America doesn't do that. If you covet, and this old nation is full of wanting more, any kind of way you can get it, being sleazy, underhanded, backbiting, being underhanded, get what you can get. For I earnestly protested unto the fathers in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, even unto this day to rising early, and protesting, saying, 
Obey my voice. God is saying, I'm not asking you to. I'm commanding you, obey. Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear, talking about Israel. For some reason, people read this and think God's talking about heathens. Israel is acting like heathens. But walked everyone in his imagination of their evil heart. Therefore, I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they did them not. Gosh, can you imagine Israel being, after all the judgments he's bringing, and they're not paying any attention to God? You believe this? This is crazy, isn't it? But America's just as crazy. And the Lord said unto me, A conspiracy is found among the men of Judah, which is southern Israel. And among the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they are turned back to the iniquities of their forefathers, which refused to hear my words. And they went after other gods to serve. And the the house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. What is wrong with you, Israel? You know what? I just like to go shouting out here in the streets and say, what's wrong with you, America? It's just, there's a craziness going on. It's in the world. Let's read on. Therefore, why do you think they got mad at Jeremiah? He's saying these things publicly in the gates of the city in the sunshine. While the sun's shining, he's telling the people, God's bringing judgment. That's what I keep saying to America. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon Israel. You think God don't create evil? You think He's lying here? You people that say, God doesn't create evil. You're stupid. You're either ignorant or stupid. Stupid is forever. Ignorant, you can learn if God will deal with your heart. I will bring evil upon them, which this is verse 11, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. God says, I am fed up with Israel. Judgment's coming and you can't do anything about it. I'm telling America, judgment's coming and there's nothing you can do. But you know, it's the same thing that was happening here. It's not just Christmas. It's we twisted the word of God. Telling people, you pray the sinner's prayer to be saved, and that's not true. You accept Christ to be saved, that's not true. Speak in tongues like the Pentecostals, that's not true. Faith healing, that's not true. All the the false doctrines in America are just rampant, aren't they? Then shall the cities of Judah and the heavens of Jerusalem go, this is verse 12, and cry unto the gods unto whom they offer incense. They'll cry unto Baal, Grove, Shemash, Molech, and say, Save us! And they shall not save them at all in the time of their trouble. Forget it. It's not going to happen, Jeremiah says. Why do you think they got mad at Jeremiah? This is why, boy, he's a hard guy, isn't he? Then in 14, I mean, 13 and 13, 13 and 13, look here. 13, 
13. Then shalt thou say unto them, talking about Israel, Joshua, tell Israel this. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will fill all the inhabitants of this land, even the kings that sit upon David's throne, and the priests, and the prophets, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, with drunkenness. It'll be a spiritual drunkenness. And I will dash them one against another, even the fathers and the sons together, saith the Lord. I will not pity nor spare nor have any mercy, but I will destroy Jerusalem and Judah and southern Israel for going after this Baal in the grove, which is the same thing that Constantine brought in the church and renamed the Christ Mass. What's wrong with you people? You preachers out there. I, I can't believe this is going on in America. Wouldn't have believed this back in the 50s. 14 says the same thing said he said previously over in chapter 7 14 verse 11 then said the Lord unto me pray not for this people for their good he already said I'm not going to listen to you Jeremiah When they fast, I will not hear their cry. When they offer burnt offerings and oblations, I will not accept them. Gobble, we talk about a heart. God is getting hard against Israel, isn't he? And they're going to be scattered for 2,600 years. All because of the gods of self they're worshiping. When they say, let us make us a name, that's the God of Babylon. Let us make up our own doctrine. We'll follow what we want to. The amazing thing among these pagans, they had saviors. They had salvation. But it was the wrong savior, the wrong salvation. They had a gospel, but it's the wrong gospel. Paul called it another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel that I haven't preached. So they all had a similar, it ran parallel with Christianity. And then he says in verse 12, When they fast, I will not hear their cry. When they offer burnt offerings and an oblation, I will not accept them. I will consume them by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. Y'all know where I got that now, don't you? I say that over and over and over. Jeremiah said it over and over and over again. He didn't say it once. He didn't say it twice. He said it dozens of times through here. Then in verse 13, Then said I, Our Lord God, behold, the prophets say unto them, The prophets in Israel says unto the people of Israel, Ye shall not see the sword, neither shall ye have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. They lie. Then the Lord said unto me, The prophets prophesy lies, and they do it in my name. The preachers are preaching lies in the name of God in America. I've had people say, you're just a few people there. Goodness, I hope so. Because only a few will find the narrow way. I don't know. I've never heard anybody talk about Jeremiah to this degree. Nobody. 
And the Lord said unto me, the prophets of Israel, prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not. They say, the Lord saith, and God said to me, and I talked to him the other night, Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, I was talking to the Lord, you lying thief, stealing from the poor. God's going to send you to hell one day. Say, how do you know that? I have never seen a preacher tell lies for 40 or 50 years that God would save. One thing he hates above everything is a liar, a lying preacher. He'll forgive a murderer like Saul, like the Apostle Paul, like David. He'll forgive adultery, but he will not forgive a liar. You lie, you're going to hell. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither speak unto them. They prophesied you a false vision, a divination, and a thing of naught, and the deceit of their own heart. That's what these preachers are doing in America. Notice how closely this aligns with with everything that's going on in America. Verse 15, Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets. He's talking about the prophets in Israel. He's not talking about false prophets from another land. He's talking about the prophets in Israel. He said they're lying. That's what people say. You preach against these preachers and you don't like them. I don't like them. They're not my brothers. My brothers and sisters are those who do the will of the Father. I'm not preaching against my brothers. Therefore, thus said, Lord, concerning the prophets that prophesied my name, and I sent them not, yet they say, sword and famine shall not be in the land of Israel. They're lying through their teeth. By sword and famine shall these prophets be consumed, God said. Goodness sakes, 14. Look at 15 and 1. 15 and 1. God says, Then said the Lord unto me, Me is always Jeremiah. Then said the Lord unto Jeremiah, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people, cast them out of my sight, and let them go forth. He said the same thing. In Ezekiel, the 14th chapter, he said, Ezekiel says more or less the same thing in Ezekiel 14. Ezekiel 14. He says here, 14 chapter Ezekiel, verse 14. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. I won't listen to their prayers or anybody else's about delivering Judah. Not going to happen. That's tough words, isn't it? And he says down here in Ezekiel 14, verse 19, And if I send pestilence into the land... I'll send the pestilence, he says. The disease that kills people will come from me, God says. If I send pestilence in the land and pour out my fury upon it in blood, you think God's fury is not evil upon the people? You don't believe God creates evil? To cut off from it man and beast, 
Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, verse 20, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter. They shall but deliver their own souls, and that's all. If I had these three righteous men, Noah, Daniel, and Job here, they can't deliver Israel from all this destruction because they're celebrating the Christ Mass. And he says here in verse 21, of chapter 14 of Ezekiel. For thus saith the Lord God, how much more when I send my four sore judgments. The word sore is the word ra. It's the word evil. God says my judgments are evil. You think I don't create evil? My four sore judgments, the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the beast. He says that right here. The sword... The sword, the famine, and the noisome beast. Noisome is the same word, raw. The evil beast. It's going to be evil because of what I'm going to call him in to do to you, Israel. To cut off from it man and beast. Let's go back to Jeremiah. Ezekiel and Jeremiah got the same message. Ezekiel was carried away to Babylon. Jeremiah's living in Israel. And they're about 600 miles apart from each other, telling people the same message. Now look here. How much time to have, Mike? Well, well we're covering a lot of territory, aren't we? Yep. 15, let me see, 15 and 4. Well, let's read 3 and 4. 15. I will appoint over them four kinds, talking about Israel, saith the Lord, the sword to slay, the dogs to tear, the fowls of heaven, and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. I will, in verse 4, 15 and 4, I will cause them to be removed unto all the kingdoms of the earth. But when they're removed by the Assyrians, they're going to slaughter many of them, lay them dead in the streets of Israel. Millions are going to die. The last Assyrian to destroy the Jews was a man named Adolf Hitler when he killed six million during World War II. And that's the only reason that Harry Truman got pressured, he pressured the world to declare Israel a nation for the first time in 2,600 years. And Harry Truman, our president, was a hero in Israel. They named their kids after him. I will cause him to be removed to all the kingdoms of the earth because of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Remember Manasseh? One of the wickedest kings that ever lived in Israel in the 20th chapter of Second Kings. And when he got to when he got to Assyria, or when he got to Babylon, he converted. I didn't even understand that. Now, where was I? Sixteen and one. The word of the Lord came to me saying, he says this over and over again, Thou shalt not take thee a wife. Ooh-wee. Jeremiah, you cannot be married because I'm going to be destroying men, women, and children, old men, young kids, and I will not pity. I'll kill everybody. 
and I don't want you to have a wife to be running with her. Most of the scholars believe the woman that Jeremiah was going to want to marry was Judith. In the Apocrypha, there is the book of Judith that they believe this is who he was going to want to marry. But God says, you you won't have any kids. You're going to be alone in this thing. That makes me feel I'm not alone in this. I've got the people of God with me. I feel like Jeremiah, I'm just preaching destruction on the church. Because the church is doing the same thing Israel done. They've fallen away. They're not talking about daily cross, death to self, self denial. None of the church is talking about being hated by the world. They're not talking about repenting and being sorry for your sin and becoming a new person. They're just talking about a sinner's prayer and accept Christ and easy walk down the aisle. That's all they're talking about. Now, in verse 2, thou shalt not, this is 16 and 2, thou shalt not take thee a wife, neither shalt thou have sons and daughters in this place. For thus saith the Lord concerning the sons and concerning the daughters that are born in this place of Jerusalem and concerning their mothers that bear them and concerning their fathers that beget them in this land, they shall die a grievous death. And you don't need kids to be following you around so they can die at the hand of those Babylonian soldiers, Jeremiah. And they shall be lamented, neither shall they be buried, but they shall be as dung upon the face of the earth. That's what your kids will be if you have kids and if you marry this Judith. And they shall be consumed by the sword and by famine, and their carcasses shall be made for the fowls of the heaven and for the beast of the earth. You say, Jim, that sounds crude. Jeremiah was pretty crude. He didn't beat around the bush, did he? I love this man. He is, if there's anybody in the scripture that's my hero, it's him. I look up to him. I want to be like Jeremiah. I think God has called me to be like him. I just, I don't understand the preachers. Now, look at 17 and verse 1. 17 and 1. The sin of Judah, which is southern Israel, is written from a pen of iron. This is a this is a pen that won't deter from what the truth is. And with a point of a diamond, the hardest of substances. And it is graven upon the table of the hearts of Israel, of Judah, and upon the horns of your altars. Whilst their children remember their altars and their groves, the grove was the tree goddess. By the green trees upon the high hills, a green tree. The Bible says Israel chose a tree in Isaiah 40 that would not rot. That's an evergreen. Now, look here in 18. It talks about This is talking about God making Israel mature as a vessel on a potter's wheel. He says here 
in verse 5, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, the word is Jesus. I'm out of time. O house of Israel, I cannot do with you as this potter. Can I not do with you? Saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Hath not the potter power of the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor Jacob and another unto dishonor Esau? He loved Jacob and hated Esau before they were born, before they had done any good or evil. In verse 8. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. I planned evil against Judah, but they won't repent. They won't turn. Now, go over here to, there's several verses in 17. Look at 17 and verse had a lady use this on me one time. Verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusted in man. Jim Brown, I'm not supposed to trust you as long as I'm trusting God you're supposed to. But she never quoted anything else. And we're not to trust in man. So they're not supposed to be trusted in Jeremiah. We're not supposed to be any of these men that wrote the Bible. Yes, we are. Then it says... Any man that maketh flesh his arm. You try to defend yourself with your flesh. Whose heart departeth from the Lord. That's the man you don't trust. He has to depart from God. And he trusts his own power with his own arm. No. She never did quote the rest of it. She said, curse is the man that trusteth in man. So we're not going to trust you, Jim Brown. You're ignorant too. I like verse 13. O Lord, the hope of Israel and all that forsake thee shall be ashamed and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Living waters in the New Testament is the Holy Spirit. So they've forsaken the Holy Spirit, right? Exactly. In verse 9 up there, that's a very familiar verse to all of us. Verse 9 of chapter 17, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart of Israel is deceitful above everything and desperately wicked. We started into 18. We went to verse 6. In 1817, 18 and 17, these are things I just picked out. He's talking, oh, here it is in verse 17 of chapter 18. I will scatter Israel with an east wind. He calls Nebuchadnezzar an east wind. And the scorpions had to come from, the, the locusts had to come be brought in by an east wind. And he told Ezekiel, you dwell among scorpions in the east. Be not afraid of their words. The word uh, nation and the word Gentile, they're the same word in the Greek and in the Hebrew. 
with east wind I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity when that Nebuchadnezzar comes in I'll turn away from them and they'll be looking at my back and not my face because I'm not going to deliver them Verse 18, then said they, come, let us devise devices against Jeremiah. They're hating Jeremiah so bad they want to kill him. He sent all these things in Israel at the gates of the city, the gates of the temple, walking through the streets and saying, judgment's coming. You're going to die. You're all dying. If you don't go to Babylon with Nebuchadnezzar and buckle down, and he says in this same book, 29th chapter and 25th chapter. Go over there. You're going to be there 70 years so the land can enjoy its Sabbaths. Its nutrients could be replenished. They never kept their sabbatical years. They just, they didn't want to believe God. Then he says, let me just say this. The word nation in the Hebrew is goyim, G-O-Y-I-M. If you're called a goy by a Jew, that means you're a Gentile. It's also the word nation. It's also the word Gentile. Am I out of time? Yeah. I'll come back. I'm going to finish up this book of Jeremiah. We're going to talk about it. I just don't believe people have ever read the book of Jeremiah. They don't even know what it's about. When they hear all this judgment coming down, they're thinking, oh, that's coming down upon uh, Egypt or upon upon, uh, uh, Syria or one of these enemies. No, no, no. All of Jeremiah is talking about God's judgment coming down upon Israel. People just don't want to hear this. Jeremiah's words are some of the hardest words ever written in any language. You want to get a conviction in your heart, read the book of Jeremiah very slowly and realize who he's talking to. Talking to Israel. Because it went after Christmas. Well, let's pray, okay? Lord, thank you for your truth. God, I pray that you'll strengthen the flock. Take these words and convict people's hearts. Lord, I will give myself to you, not because I can do it. It's because you put it in my heart to do that. I want to commit to you. I want to be like Jeremiah and tell all the people all the truth all the time. Tell them judgment's coming upon America. That's what all of this is about in the Middle East. That's what our economy is about. That's what everything they're trying to solve, this gasoline, oil problem, it's all about that. It's about the famine that's coming, the sword that's coming, and the pestilence that's coming. Give me strength to say these things, and Lord, help the church to be strong. I'm talking about the few. Help them stand with us. I give you praise for everything in Christ's name. Amen. I'll come back. I'm going to talk about Jeremiah. He has everything to say about evil.